Hour two of the Saturday show underway here on the Zone Sports Network. Alex Lundberg, or Lundy as we will call him here on this show, Jake Hatch, we are your co-host Tandem, taking you through this Saturday afternoon. And Lundy, let's talk a little bit about the Utah Jazz. They're getting ready for the regular season finale tomorrow in Sacramento. Looking forward to that. I did wonder, because for a long time it said TBD on the time. And I'm sitting there hoping, okay, can we just get like a mid-afternoon game? Nope. 7 o'clock, Sunday night. Yeah, that's, you know, nature of the game. You know, they want it prime time. I mean, when you're the top seed in the NBA... Well, yeah, they're going to assume that people want to tune in. <laughs> well, if you're the Sacramento Kings, apparently they don't care for you to tune in considering <laughs> everybody they're, they're sitting. We'll talk about that here in a moment. But before we look forward, I want to look back a little bit. Obviously, last night the Utah Jazz take care of business against the Oklahoma City Thunder, moved to 51 and 20 with a 109 to 93 victory on the road out there. As David Locke like said, on the plains of Oklahoma City. That was kind of a funny. I like that. It was it was pretty good play on words there but let's look back let's hear let you hear from the players and coaches themselves let's start off quinn snyder speaking to the media after last night's victory hey quinn, just um for starters how, uh can you evaluate mike's play out there tonight uh in the in the 16 and a half minutes he was out there i thought he, thought he played well you know he's doing the things that you know that he does and, um, you know, obviously you get a little tired. He, he ran a little longer than we intended to really, you know, like a, a minute in the first quarter, but you can see him getting a little fatigued as it, as it went along, but, you know, he's got a presence on the floor and it's good to see him out there. Next up, Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Yeah, a little bit more uh, about Mike and, the team coach, uh, how good was it to see that offensive combo again and with Rudy and Mike and, and Joe and, and Mike? Yeah, you know, anytime you get a player of Mike's caliber that's been out for a while, um, you get him back and you, you realize, you know, um, or you're reminded um, of what type of player he is and how, how, how good he is. So um, I think, you know, everybody wants – um, to play with Mike and uh, it's good to have him out there. And I think, as I said, his, his conditioning improves, um, you know, he'll even get in even a better rhythm on, on both ends. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Quinn, if, if I, the Suns lose either of the next two games against the Spurs, you guys get the number one seed. To what extent will you guys be watching those, the score of those games uh, in order to change, will that change your approach, I guess, against the Kings on Sunday? Uh, you know, I think this time of year, particularly in the West, you know, everybody's watching, watching games. Um, you know, there's, I guess, there's so, there, you know, on three different levels, there's, you know, very little separation between certain teams. So, um, you know, regardless of where, where you finish, you still don't know who you're going to play. So, um, you know, certainly you're, you're paying attention whether you're watching play by play or not. Um, you know, probably depends on, on you know, the individual, but guys know what's going on in the league right now. All right. We have one last question. This is from Mateus Klinecki from Defaha. Hi, coach. Uh, in relation of what you just said, um, even with the number one spots on the conference, the team could be much up against the Lakers or Stephen Curry and the Warriors. Do you think, do you feel like it's fair going at those kind of teams 
considering the incredible season this team had? Well, I, I think that's that's the West, you know. I mean, you're talking about Hall of Famers, so you, you're gonna you're gonna play against a really really good team, and it's gonna be a challenge. But um, again, I, I think the biggest thing for us is just to try to control what we can, and you know, you find out where you where you sit and who you play, and um, you know, that's that's when the postseason starts, and people forget about you know anything and everything you've done up to that point. So we just want to try to finish, finish strong. And uh, again, and see, see where everything turns out. There you go. Quinn Snyder, head coach of the Utah jazz. And I think many jazz fans out there, Lundy are kind of like him. It was fun to have Mike Conley back out there. I think mm-hmm. many of us wondered, we saw that Donovan Mitchell was declared out for the rest of the regular season. I'm not going to lie. I was the first to think, okay, if he's out, they're not going to play Mike Conley, but it was good to see him at back out there. Yeah. And you know, Conley had mentioned before the game and shoot around that, you know, that was kind of the last part he felt of his return to form sure. was that, you know, you can't do it in practice. There's no scenario where you can really, you know, push back to that, you know, game ready stage without actually playing the game. And You've so got I think to play. That, yeah. And so I think that it was, you know, Quinn echoed a lot of what we were feeling where it was just it was good to see him back out there. Yeah, 16 minutes for Mike, uh, pretty light night in terms of working him back. And you're not going to go out and play him immediately 30 minutes when you don't need to. 10 points, 3 assists, 2 rebounds, plus 10 in the plus minus if that's something that matters to you. Pretty good, I guess, return to the lineup for Mike Conley. Expecting to see him back out there against Sacramento tomorrow night. Well, Rudy Gobert also spoke to the media. Actually, let's get to Mike Conley first. Let's let Mike speak about his return. I think that's actually probably a good jump off point. So Mike Conley speaking to the media last night, talking about finally getting back into that lineup, kind of explaining what went into the decision. Here you go, Mike Conley after the game last night. Hey Mike, um, first of all, just how did it feel to be back out there? And also, I mean, at, at this point in your career, at this point in the season, does the does the minute restriction get to you? Like you wanted to be out there a little bit more? Or are you just, you're ready for the postseason to come? It doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, well, first off, it, it felt great to be out there. Um, you know, just get, get your, you know, game timing and, and the feel of the game a little bit. And I think that's important for me, uh, you know, going in the last couple games of the season and going into the playoffs. But um, as far as the minutes restriction, you know, I've just, with our training staff and coaches, I've been, we've been very transparent and they know I want to play and, and, you know, they, you know, always there to protect me from myself. So, um, I kind of, I've given in to, to, you know, the, the process and, uh, the scheduling. And I think we, we came to a good agreement there to, to not push it too much this game and hopefully, hopefully get a, a few more minutes, uh, you know, in Sacramento. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. <clears throat> Mike, what in particular kind of came easy or felt really natural out there tonight and, and what maybe, uh, took a little bit of work. Quinn said he felt like you were maybe a little bit uh, tired out there after that initial stretch. Yeah, I think as far as the game's concerned, there was nothing that really uh, took a while to get back. I think it mostly was just the conditioning portion of it. You know, you, I didn't get a chance to to truly play a, a game, a simulated type of game before going out there. You know, two on two and three on three just doesn't uh, equate to an actual NBA game. So, uh, you know, just kind of running up and down and having the ball and, you know, you know, having that usage up a little bit 
and defending and, you know, kind of doing all those things that I haven't done in two weeks. Uh, it just uh, takes a little bit of time to, to get that back. Next up, Tony Jones, the athletic. I uh, haven't said that you look, you know, the, you look like there wasn't a lot of rust in your movements and the actual basketball movements, but how did the wind feel and, and how did you feel in those basketball movements, despite how you may have may or may not have looked uh, to us? Yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, I had, you know, there was nothing in my mind thinking about, you know, my hammy or any other part of my body. I think just going out there and being able to have fun and compete, you know, forget all about your body in that case. And um, I really, I went out there and had fun, you know, it was a lot of fun to just, you know, get into the paint, you know, make plays, got to the free throw line a lot, you know, just, just kind of filling out the game and, and picking and choosing spots to be aggressive. And, uh, I think it's just defensively is where it'll, it'll, you know, hopefully the next game will just continue to, to build up because there's, you know, it's different when you try to play on both ends and just play one side of a, one side of the ball. So for me, you know, it's, uh, you know, I like to take pride in that defensive side too. So just trying to get my legs ready for, uh, you know, that battle on both ends. And last, we have a question from Ben Anderson, KSL Sports. Mike, how long, when you've missed nine games, how long does it usually take to get your wind back? Um, normally just a, a few days, you know, once I kind of get through the first, you know, first game, second game, I feel pretty good. Uh, mostly the first game is like, you know, I just, I'm working myself up and just so excited and just like literally just, I do a thousand, you know, squats and a thousand lunges and like just getting ready for the game and find out that I've just worn myself out before I even get out there. But, you know, just kind of getting, your whole game day routine down again and all that just takes a few days. And, uh, you know, in this case, it, it had to be a few games. There you go, Mike Conley, Utah Jazz point guard. And Lundy, I just felt like having him back on the court, we, we've seen with him out, It was was it nine games or ten games? It was nine games without him, right? I, I believe so, yeah. There was, that was the... I, I want to say the ninth game. It would have been tenth game if he had to, had he missed. But it was just nice to see Joe Ingles has talked about. He's been on with DJ and PK. And he's talking about being the sole ball handler. Man, it's a whole other world out there for a guy like him. And Joe's a pretty good ball handler. We've seen it. He's become a true point forward. But I can guarantee you, him having Mike Conley back out there, he's like, no, you take that ball and bring it up this time. I don't want to be hounded up and down the court. Right, you know, and it, it just it makes things so much easier for everyone when you have another facilitator, another mm-hmm. guy that can create plays. You know, I, th- and that's a big part of what makes the Jazz work so well this season is because it's not necessarily who's making plays. It's, you know, the superstars are creating plays for other guys. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And that's 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 the good news. All right. So a final uh, postgame sound we're going to get to here is from Rudy Gobert. Rudy had a pretty good night last night. Uh, 16 points, 18 rebounds in just 27 minutes. Um, I saw some people joking on social media last night. Well, 27 minutes, he was played off the floor because there's been that that debate about Rudy Gobert. He just he's not good. <laughs> Guys, if you watched him game in and game out, you would understand how important and how good he actually is. It's it's insane. I mean, like it, it's something that I didn't truly understand or appreciate before this season. Sure, you know, but like there's certain things that the stats and even the advanced analytics just cannot track. And Rudy Gobert is one of those. I mean, the advanced analytics still love him. Sure. But there's something to be said when you're watching a guy start to drive, sees Rudy Gobert, and actually turns around. And, like, you know, 
you can't record that as no. anything. That there's nothing that can be recorded in Denial any way, shape, or f- of decision to yeah. drive to the hoop. It, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's it's one of those things where it can't be measured, but it can be seen, and it's very obvious when you watch. As David Locke has said, Go Bearland is a very terrifying place <laughs> to go to if you're an opposing player because he's just he's so elite. And I know there's people out there. I go. Ben Simmons, I'm the best defender in the world. I'm like, okay, Ben, you can say that, but got this guy right over here. I I can also say I'm the most attractive man on the planet. Sure. It doesn't change the facts that there are other people much better looking than I am. What's the George Costanza line? It's true if you believe it. Is that that the term from Seinfeld? It's not a lie if if, if you you believe believe it. it. There you go. That's exactly it. Love Seinfeld copious amounts of references are allowed on this show with that show as well but so let's get to Rudy Gobert's postgame comments because solid night for him a light night and that's a nice part is I think the Royce O'Neal played the most minutes in that game 29 it's great especially when you're going to go and you you take care of business early Oklahoma City looked pretty disinterested all things considered Uh, Svi Mikhailuk seemed like he was the only guy who was interested in really just gunning in this game but just nice for the Utah Jazz to have a relatively light night. So here you go. Rudy Gobert speaking to the media after last night. Hey, Rudy. So Coach was saying how tonight it reminds him of what Mike does for this group. What does he do for you specifically in the pick and roll that makes that so deadly and so effective? I mean, he's so smart. And, you know, his decision-making is, is, is so good that uh, – he just creates shots for, for everybody. And, uh, you know, for me, it's just a matter of getting open on the screen and uh, giving him that little advantage. And then he's, he's able to, you know, pick the defensive part. And I think, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it just, we just go from here to here offensively when, when he's out there. Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Rudy, does it kind of feel like maybe you guys are one step closer uh, to the playoffs, being at full strength, having having Mike out there tonight? Did that make things feel a little different? It was great. <laughs> it was great to have him back. Um, we missed him. You know, we missed Donovan too. Hopefully we came back game one of the playoffs. But, uh, you know, yeah, it's one game at a time. Tonight was a good, was a good win for us and uh, – now we're going to go to Sacramento and uh, play our game, do what we do, and, uh, and try to get another one. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Rudy, what did you see out of Mike specifically tonight? How did he look? Like, how close to normal? You know, both he and Quinn were talking about, like, his conditioning not quite being there. Mike brought up his defense not quite being back yet. What did you, what did you see back from him in his first night back? Uh, it looked great to me. You know, uh, uh, I feel like he was. I feel like he was quick. Uh, you know, he was making the right decisions. Obviously, he didn't play in the second half, but I thought, you know, in the first half, he really, uh, you know, he really gave us a lift. And uh, you know, we that's what we expect him to do. You know, I, I find his rhythm and uh, and hopefully get back to, you know, his level of you know shape that he's comfortable playing with and. Uh, you know, uh, if he plays the way he plays tonight, every night, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Next, we have Niall Campbell, utahjazz.com. 
hey, Rudy, um, you know, you say after every game, went, uh, on to the next one. And with there being one more game left in the regular season, clearly there's playoffs. How are you feeling, especially considering the load that you have carried these last few games with Mike and Don out? I mean, for me, it's been the same. Um, you know, uh, whether Mike is out or anyone's out, I know that I have to be out there for my team. And, uh, you know, I, I, try to, I try to be there every single night, even when I'm tired or if I'm a little beat up or if I'm a little hurt. Like if, you know, if it's nothing serious, I try to be, I try to be out there. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm really confident. You know, I think, uh, you know, being able to go through those stretches of games when we're missing some guys, was able to, you know, I think make us stronger as a team. Um, you know, we were able to, like I say every time, you know, get get a few guys that maybe doesn't get a lot of minutes, don't get a lot of minutes, and you know, they were able to get some experience, some minutes, you know, experience some some wins, some losses, some some good games, some bad games, and um, and you know, now that we're gonna get everyone everybody back, um, you know, I feel like we're gonna be we're gonna be fresh, you know, and we're gonna be ready to go for you know, for the playoffs and uh, to try to achieve what we, what we want to achieve. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune up next. Rudy, I wanted to ask you what you think about two young players. First, uh, Alexei Pokashevsky, just kind of his length and ability on the floor. What do you notice when you watch his game? I mean, I think he has a great upside. You know, I think, uh, you know, if he's able to uh, get stronger, you know, and, uh, and then shoot the ball even, even better, uh, you know, he can be, I mean, I don't see any limits, you know, to his game. So, you know, he's still so young. Uh, you know, when I was his age, I was, I was in France. I wasn't even, I was barely playing in, in, in the French league. So, you know, it's, uh, I think it's all about, you know, how those guys uh, put the work in and, you know, how they're able to, to develop, you know, and those things are usually not easy to predict because I'm not in his mind, <laughs> you know, but uh, he, he definitely has a, a huge potential. And then the second player I want to ask is your teammate, Udoka Azabuki, and kind of what you've seen from him in practice, uh, you know, so far. Uh, Doke, Azabuki. Doke, I think for him, it's just about, you know, getting back in shape. Uh, I think, you know, being able to, he's a big body. So being able to, you know, uh, run down the court, being able to, you know, uh, finish at the rim, uh, block shots, move his feet. I think, I think before the injury was, you know, uh, he, he was great at doing that. So I think, you know, he had a, it's a, it's a tough injury. So it's for him, it's just about getting minutes, uh, getting up and down the court and, uh, you know, doing whatever he has to do to on and off the court to, to get in great shape. And, uh, you know, just uh, saying that, you know, the other guy, I think he, he has an amazing you know, upside and it's all about how hard he's going to work and, you know, uh, and how consistent it's going to be with everything. All right, we have time for one quick one from Tony Jones, The Athletic. Um, how how important, um, this might be an obvious question, but how important for your playoff chances is a healthy Mike Conley, you know, and, you know a Mike Conley that's playing uh, at the top of his game? I thought, you were, I thought you were going to talk about my handles, but yeah, I answered the question. Um, I mean, Mike is a huge part of what we do. He's, he's, he's one of our leaders. Uh, he's our most experienced, you know, player. And, uh, you know, and uh, we know that uh, 
we're going to need him. Uh, you know, I'm really happy that he's able to get those two games, those last two games, uh, you know, underneath him to, to, to get, you know, to get back to, to playing shape. And, uh, you know, and uh, I mean, my Connie is my Connie. I can't tell you all the things he does for us on and off the court as a leader. You know, his voice, you know, for, for all of us, uh, his core vision, his shot creation, his defense, you know, everything he does is, uh, is helping our team. So we, we definitely need him to, to be able to do that at the, at the, at the highest level and uh, being able to do that throughout the whole playoffs. There you go. The man, the myth, the legend himself, Rudy Gobert. And as Lundy referred to earlier, he did have a... Um, Behind the back, attempted a pass, ended up being an over and back call. That's the type of game to try something like that if you're yeah. going to do it. Try his, I, I believe he re- referenced just then, you know, his, his handles. Yeah. Uh, and so, Rudy, you know what? He's seven foot one. He's the best defender in the world. This is the type of game, if you're going to have some fun, give it a shot. Yeah. I mean, either this game or potentially next game. We'll see as well if, okay. he, if he tries anything else. Let's like talk that. about that. we got the Sacramento Kings coming up tomorrow night. You'll, be, of course, be able to hear all of that right here on your home for the Utah Jazz, the Zone Sports Network. Uh, jazz game night, the pregame show will begin at 6 o'clock, tip off at 7 o'clock there in Sacramento, as I, I like to call it, Cowtown. That's just the way I've always referred to it. But Sacramento, yes. It sounds like they are planning on putting out the quote-unquote G League team, and we'll see how the Utah Jazz respond. I think it all kind of depends on how things play out with the Spurs and the Suns over the next two days. They will know if they need to win this game to win the one seed by tomorrow night when tip-off comes around. Yeah, and so like I, I think that regardless, we're going to see pretty much the main starting lineup minus Donovan out there. Yeah. But how many minutes they play, I think, will be, like you said, determined by if they need to win to, to lock it up or if they've already clinched. Yeah. Um, because I, I would expect, if they've already clinched somehow, then I would expect that at that point, the second half would be a full-on G League game where they're just getting guys depth and minutes. And I mean, Quinn Snyder has talked about earlier this year with just the weird schedule format and the lack of practices um, one of the things that he likes to do in these games when they don't get close is he uses that as his practice time. You might as well. And so, you know, we're going to see guys that need that practice, you know, including the starters. Sure. You know, well, but a they, lot of the depth as well because that depth is going to get tested, I think, in the playoffs. Yeah, and they need to get back in sync. Uh, obviously, yeah. Mike Conley coming back into the lineup. I, I see. It was just my opinion. I would have liked to have seen Donovan play maybe one or two games in the regular season just to kind of get synced back up with guys. Mm-hmm. But the nice part is. Donovan's been out longer than Mike, and they were playing relatively well with Mike and Joe as kind of your primary ball handlers before Mike went out with that hamstring tightness to get Mike back in, get him re-ingrained, and then you're going to have a, a, a week off here. That's mm-hmm. the thing about it. There's going to be some practice time in there. You're going to be kind of paying attention to what's happening with this play-in tournament to see who you're ultimately going to face. And at that point, I think you get Donovan back into the lineup, hopefully, and I'm with you earlier, you referenced the fact that they might be looking and seeing, okay, who's our first-round opponent and really kind of determining when Donovan's going to ultimately return. It's just my sincere hope and belief that he'll be out there for Game 1. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, there's there's a week here where you're going to have plenty of time to hopefully re- reintegrate him into the lineup. But the nice part is getting Mike Conley out there, getting him kind of in sync. Yeah, if they play the first half, and it's very clear that, okay, and then yeah, you can have you can have practice. Good point. Quinn Snyder can throw guys out there. All right, uh, Urson, I want you to do this out there. Uh, Matt Thomas wants you to do that. George, go do this. Give them an opportunity to show what they can do when you're trying to work on stuff in game. Yeah, I mean, you know, 
David Locke has even pointed that out a number of times when it's happened, where he says Quinn Snyder has mentioned this and this is what he's doing. They've run the same play to the same guy three or four times in a row and because it hasn't worked any of those times. And so he's he's continuing to run them through it saying, nope, do it again, get it right. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, we will uh, take a timeout here. We'll come back on the other side. We do need to talk about the big news in the Pac-12 from this past week. They have a new commissioner in place. I don't think many people had ever heard of his name until he was announced. So we'll talk about George Klyovkov. Did I get that right? I think so, yeah, Klyovkov. Well, we'll talk about who he is, what we expect him to do with the Pac-12. That's all coming up next right here on the Saturday Show. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. I'm Jake. That's Alex, a.k.a. Lundy. We are your co-host tandem taking you through the Saturday afternoon in this re-debut of the Saturday show. And excited to be back with you guys on Saturday afternoons here on 97.5 FM and 1280 AM talking all things sports. Let's take a minute here, Lundy, and talk about the Pac-12. Obviously, we all knew that Larry Scott was moving on. And good riddance, goodbye, via con Dios, sayonara. Man, yeah, I, this is this is a day that I wasn't ever sure I'd see, but I have been, you know, just like praying for for years because, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm a junkie for Pac-12 anything. Sure. Yeah. And because, you know, I just love me some chaos. And what's more chaotic than the Pac-12? Not much. And so it's been one that... I, it, it's a day that I've long hoped for and has finally come to pass yeah. that we have a replacement for Larry Scott. Yep. George Klyovkov is your new Pac-12 commissioner. And I'm not going to lie, when I saw his name pop up when they announced it, I was like, who? Yeah, same. <laughs> I, I was, And my initial reaction, you know, like I just saw it and saw just MGM and I went, great, cool. Pac-12 is going to Pac-12, you know, and then I... You know, I actually, and it's probably the same thing for you. Started to look into it and went, "Hang on, maybe I need to to pump the brakes. Let's let's see why they, you know, let's see what this guy says. Like his his resume is kind of interesting." Yeah. So his former job, or I guess I don't. Know, he takes over on July one, right? Is that when I they, believe so, so? Yeah. He's probably going to get started before that. I'll be honest. I'll probably be doing some background work, and whatnot. But currently, he is the MGM Resorts International President of Entertainment and Sports. He lives in the Las Vegas area, and of course, we all know MGM. They are a worldwide brand now. They've got casinos, entertainment venues all over the globe, and he is the president of that. In that aspect. This guy understands the global nature of sports and entertainment. So that should help him in terms of that format. There's still part of me, though, that they've gone from a guy who was the president of the Women's Tennis Association, so in pro sports, brought him in, Larry Scott. We all know we don't need to rehash everything that happened during his tenure. But they're bringing in a guy who doesn't have experience in the college sports realm. And that is a little bit worrisome, but I, I'm kind of with you, though. Looking into his background a little bit, you want, you think, okay, this guy's worked in more facets than just women's tennis and whatnot, and maybe, maybe just maybe, this one will work out. But in some ways, it is the Pac-12 doing the Pac-12. Right, you know, and there are red flags, you know. I mean, you know, his press conference was great. Sure. 
But you know who else had a lot of optimism coming off of his press conference? <laughs> Larry one, Scott. One Larry and, Scott. Yeah, and so there's you know we've got to see something before we can really have a fully developed opinion on this. But I will say that you know he while he does have that same red flag where he doesn't have that college experience that you know that Larry also lacked where i think there's a main difference in that regard is you know a bunch of people cuz i mean this is 2021 anytime anybody has their name make it big everybody starts going and combing through their tweets uh there were a lot of things that i saw from the past that were actually you know like there wasn't anything controversial and it was a lot of him tweeting about college sports sure. and showing that he's actually a fan of college sports. He mm-hmm. watches those with a vested interest. And I don't think that Larry Scott, I mean, maybe he does, maybe he enjoys watching college sports, but he never presented that, you know, as, as a part of who he is. Sure. You know, I honestly wouldn't be surprised to find out that he never paid attention to any of the football games that he attended. He was there to just kind of schmooze in the in the box seats. And so, you know, this this guy, he doesn't have the experience, but he has the passion. And I think that that's important. We'll see if it actually pans out because, sure. you yeah. know, it could be, you know, another, you know, dumpster fire. But it, 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 it at least on the surface seems like a good thing so far. Yeah, and you're right. The press conference, he absolutely nailed it. He, uh, quote, I want to go on the record that the Pac-12 is in favor of both the expansion of the college football playoffs for teams and the implementation of consistent guidelines for name, image, and likeness. Wow. Two major boxes. Check, check. Well done, sir. Yeah, right out the gates. And then he also, you know, he didn't get super into it, but he, he addressed mm-hmm. sports betting. Yes. Which, yeah. you know, I mean, the Pac-12, a lot of... The time, you know, they've looked at themselves, whether it's been true or not, they've looked at themselves as innovators. Yeah. Um, you know, the Pac 12 Networks was supposed to be an innovative thing. Uh, and, you know, well, it really kind of wasn't because it, you know. The original, I guess, vision for it was innovative. Right. In theory, it did not, yeah. it was not innovative. In at execution, all. we'd yeah. seen it before with the mountain. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it, it didn't quite live up to its hype, but, you know, Sports betting, they could really get off on the right foot if they can, you know, and it's going to be interesting to see how that will work or more likely not work with Utah being in the Pac-12 footprint. Yeah. Um, But outside of this state, I think that sports betting will be a really good way of generating a lot of revenue for the Pac-12. A lot of people have questioned how the Pac-12 would make up that revenue gap with the other Power Fives, and I think that that is a big way to do it. Well, and the thing is, he's working with MGM Resorts, so right. they've got they're in the gambling sphere. Like they, I think is MGM the one that's partnered with the NBA? Is it them or is it Caesars? I don't remember which one, but they. I want to say it's MGM. But so he knows this world. Yeah. This is what he's coming from into the Pac-12. So he'll be able to bring all kinds of connections, a background on it, and be able to say, okay, this is what will work. This is what won't work. And that that is, I'm with you. If you can close the revenue gap in some way with that, go for it. And, and State of Utah, yeah, we, we know that there's going to be some interesting things to go on with that, but we'll find out. But I think the overall uh, gist of his hire, speaking of Klyovkov, is he just hit on all the big notes. He also said that we know where our bed is, bread is buttered. We're focused on the revenue sports and winning in football and men's basketball. 
the Conference of Champions, as, as our good friend uh, Bill Walton is fond of saying. Sure, the other the, the quote-unquote Olympic sports, they're going to continue to compete at a very high level. We all know that. But I think he knows if you want to be relevant in this country, there are two sports to do well in, and that is football and men's basketball. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I was very surprised to hear him say that, you know, just come out and acknowledge it because for the past 10 years, it's been carefully stepped around <laughs> and just, you know, anytime anybody would ask about it, we would get a very indirect answer about something else. Sure. Uh, the one issue that I wish would have come up, mm-hmm. and maybe it did and I just missed it, but there's one glaring issue that the Pac-12 has always had an issue with and never gets resolved ever and never gets talked about by any of the top people. And if they do, it's very disingenuous. Officiating. And I, I'm interested to see how he'll tackle that because it's, it's not just a perception issue anymore. You know, like... We all know Woody Dixon. Yeah. I mean, you know, I could. there was the argument that could be made early on that it's like, look, it's just a perception issue. People have latched on to this. And so Pac-12 refs trends anytime there's a bad call, even though it's the same numbers. But then, you know, there was the Woody Dixon scandal. There was, you know, and I even saw somebody run like a statistical analysis where they tracked the number of penalties per game in the Pac-12 versus all the other conferences oh dear. and then did that in bowl games, you know, compared it to bowl games when they were officiated by other crews. Okay. And interestingly enough, the outcome of that was the average number of flags thrown by Pac-12 officiating crews in the bowl games where no Pac-12 teams were involved was right on track with what they were throwing during the regular season and the, the Pac-12 teams, theirs dropped to the outside average when officiated by non-Pac-12 officials. Hmm. So, it, you know, it was, okay, we have empirical data now, and we have, you know, reports, and we have all of these kinds of things. It's an actual issue that you can't turn a blind eye to anymore and say, oh, it's just the perception. It's No, it's it's fact. Yeah. We, there's an issue here, and it needs to be addressed. Well, they need, and even if it's not, in their mind, is a big of an issue, it's just they they need to they need to fix the public confidence in that. That's yes. the biggest thing is they they have a lot of people out there. Like you said, a bad call happens. Well, hashtag Pac-12 refs. Like exactly what goes out on social media, and that definitely needs to be addressed because the Woody Dixon thing. They tried to kind of just put it off in the corner. Well, it really, I don't care what you say about it. It's an absolutely incredible thing that this guy had the audacity to think I'm going to walk into that replay center and say no overturn that call we're not who are you and what if it what like what expertise do you have and the gumption for you to walk in and say no you're overturning that call it just it's mind-boggling you know and the reports and things that came out of it you could tell that the officials hated that and that that you know they tried to spin it as, oh, well, he thought he was just providing his opinion. But that was not the way that it was received by any of the officials. No. And, you know, the way I see it, it's one of two things. Probably the more likely is they knew that that's how it was being received and they just didn't care and continued to do it and just spun it that way to make themselves look less bad. The other possibility is they legitimately didn't know and that makes it worse if that's the case. Yeah, that's the that's a damning, damning thing right there, if that's the case. Because it's just awful. Uh, one other thing Klyavkov is going to have on his plate relatively in your future is a new meteorite deal. Yes. And 
we're going to find out more about this guy because what we three days into his tenure or three days after he announces his hire, he's actually not officially the Pac-12 commissioner until July 1. But he is going to have a lot on his plate because there's a whole new sphere of what's going to happen with these media rights deals. We're going to start seeing them come up and be renegotiated. I, I do wonder, because we heard Larry Scott talk about the fact that like, we're in San Francisco because we want to be right where all of these tech giants are. Well, you happen to also pay now the biggest uh, money in terms of your rent and everything. And what is it really paid off with? Not much. So I think Klyavkov has to kind of hit this on two different parts. Is our future going to be in the San Francisco Bay Area? Are we going to keep our headquarters there? I would say get the hell out of Dodge, get somewhere else. Whether it's Las Vegas would be great. Yeah. You can go to Las Vegas and be just fine, in my opinion. I think that that's, that's where they should be. That's the most natural fit, I, I feel like, with both men's and women's basketball tournaments there. Sure. Uh, now the football tournament there as well. Or not the football championship tournament. Game. Football championship game. Yeah. They're both there. I mean, just start to move everything there. Just c- kind of consolidate. Really make that the epicenter of the Pac-12. And the real estate costs are going to be significantly cheaper oh, than so where much. they're located right now. But see, that, that part he needs to address. But then also... How much more money can he get these schools in the upcoming round of media negotiations? Mm-hmm. It's going to be absolutely critical. It's a question I'm sure he will address in the relatively near future because they are there is a gap. There's a chasm widening between the Big Ten and the SEC is the top dog, but then the Big Ten's there. And then the other three Power Fives, they're lagging behind right now. And obviously, you have a chance here, hopefully, to make up some ground. We'll find out how much ground they can actually make up. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we will wrap up the show with what... <laughs> We're still workshopping this name. It used to be five minutes of soccer. Because we got Lundy here, who is an esteemed hockey aficionado, we're going to try something new. And we're going to talk about both soccer and hockey. We'll find out how it goes. That's coming up next right here on The Saturday Show. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Well, it's been a fun show. It's crazy it flew by as fast as it did, Lundy, but that's kind of how it goes in radio. Did it fly by for you? Oh, and you know, I mean, time flies when you're having fun, and I've been having an absolute blast. That's good. See, the funny thing is I can remember the first time I did a show, like an actual show, I got done, and I'm like, wow, I think it was a three-hour show. I'm like, well, that just didn't feel like it went more than 25 minutes, it seems like. Right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's kind of funny how that happens, but thanks to all of you who have been tuning in in this maiden voyage of the new iteration of the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. This final segment, uh, we did this with Adrian, and when he and I were co-hosting the show, he liked to call it five minutes of soccer because that's all he said he could tolerate for me talking about soccer. But I know you are a hockey aficionado. I'm trying to get into the sport. I'll explain more here in a moment about me trying to get into hockey. But let's start off with that. We'll talk a little bit about soccer here, but let's talk about the puck. Obviously, we've got uh, the playoffs. Are they already going? Are they underway? So it's kind of a weird scenario, the way that the NHL... So the first playoff game plays later today, uh, 5-15 local time, uh, Boston at Washington. Okay. So, you know, Bruins and Capitals. Capitals, I think, really need... I mean... If there was a way that both teams could lose, that's what I would like for okay. this because I don't like the Bruins, but I think the Capitals, you know, with 
just all the recent controversy, you know, sure, and the the lack of the league punishing them. It, it, anyway, that's the first playoff game. Okay, there are regular season games. There's, I mean, my Oilers are playing, you know, right now against Vancouver, a regular season game. Oh, so they're still wrapping up the regular season. Still, the regular season will continue. I believe the last game is the nineteenth. Uh, Calgary at Vancouver um, is a regular season game. Okay. Oh, yeah, the nineteenth. Um, and part of the reason for that is, you know, with the pandemic and everything, Canada kind of locked down. They sure. readjusted all the divisions. And uh-huh. so all the Canadian teams are in the North Division. Vancouver got hit really bad with COVID and had to miss a lot of games. Absolutely hammered. What was it, three weeks without playing? Something like that. And so they're continuing to finish out their regular season, even though they're eliminated from playoff contention. Okay, gotcha. And so they're finishing that out just to to finish it, you know. Revenue shares. Revenue, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my my Oilers are playing them right now. Uh, The Oilers' first playoff game is, I think, also the... The nineteenth, yeah. So we have playoffs uh, going today. The first playoff matchups, but some the regular season will continue into next week before the playoffs get going in full right. view, I guess. Yeah. So I mean, Boston Washington game three is next Wednesday, but that's when Edmonton and Winnipeg play game one of okay. their playoff series. Gotcha. Well, hey, fun times all the way around. Yeah. Okay. Are your Oilers? I know. Is it Connor McDavid? Right. Connor McDavid. Yeah. Connor McDavid is dude is a stud. An unbelievable talent. Um, you know, hailed from the age of 14 as the next Wayne Gretzky. Okay. Well, um, he's playing for the right franchise. It yeah. Be and, that. and Gretzky actually called him prior to his draft a lot, of, you know, when he was young and said, here's how you handle this kind of hype. Okay. Um, Connor McDavid is fantastic. Him, the combo of him and Leon Dreisaitl mm-hmm. is just, it's one of the best in hockey. Uh, and early this season, they got off to a slow start, and that was extremely frustrating because... I saw your like, tweets, I remember. How do yeah. you have the two best players in the NHL, and you can't win games? Uh, but a lot of that was fixed when Mike Smith came back from injury. He's kind of their primary goalie. Okay. Um, Miko Koskinen, he, he's a serviceable goalie. He, uh, you know, spent actually some time locally here with the Grizzlies okay. um, cool. for a little bit, of, you know. And, and he's good. He's, he's a good kind of off the bench goalie but he was just not quite as good as they needed him to be they made some other tweaks with the the line the way that they had the lines set up to to help them on the defensive end and that seems to have done a lot in helping them uh they finished second in the north division cool uh even without you know having their regular season done yet so that's crazy. I, it's one of those crazy things about it. So most people out there are probably okay, Jake, what do you have to contribute to this conversation? Well, my team, I have officially declared my fandom for the Seattle Kraken. So I will be able to talk more about this next year. The Seattle, man, I was, uh, yeah, they, they announced that name and I was like, okay, interesting. And then I saw the logo and was like, man, it's that. It's pretty awesome. Ooh, you know, that, that tested, you know, because my main team, the Oilers, yeah. uh, my American team, is the Vegas Golden Knights just because of proximity? I, okay, and the but thing, I, when, I, ve- I was really tempted when I saw the Kraken logo. When the Knights debuted, I'm like, okay, that's a cool team. Like the proximity, you're right. Las Vegas, it's a relatively short drive from here. I just couldn't get with them. I just for whatever reason couldn't do it. So I figured, okay, Seattle, all I'm in. with you guys. Yeah. So, I'm, so I'll be able to talk more about it when the Seattle Kraken actually you know take the ice. But uh, one other thing here, we're obviously going to talk a little bit our quote unquote five minutes of soccer. Real Salt Lake off to a pretty good start, all things considered, this season. Two wins to open up their campaign. Last week, uh, Chris Wondolowski decided I'm going to 
tear your hearts out once again at the riot at the Rio Tinto Stadium, winning that match for San Jose two to one. Uh, Real Salt Lake faces for the first time in club history Nashville SC tonight. Nashville was a debut club last year, but obviously how disjointed 2020 was. It just it really became a cluster, and they just couldn't get things uh, figured out. So for the first time after a year of being in the league. Real Salt Lake and Nashville are actually going to square off. We're going to finally see these two teams actually play. I have no clue how it's going to go, I feel like, but I can tell you this much. Rubio Rubin, what a find for the Real Salt Lake front office. Yeah, I mean, I've seen his name trend on Twitter a few times, and so I'm familiar with, you know, I saw that he had some awesome goal a recently kick. That, like you know everybody's calling already the goal of the year it, that's about as much as i know about soccer had they won that match it probably be even more immortalized but they ultimately lost that match but nonetheless it was a fantastic goal we'll find out it's 7 30 uh, tonight out there at rio tinto stadium i believe they're going 10,000 fans once again tonight uh gonna be a good crowd and it's the fun part i think sports overall opening back up oh, I, I it's been so great to hear the roar back in this building sure. um you know to see what are they going to 13,000 13,000 for playoffs Sweet. Yep. so yeah stoked about it love that it's coming back yeah it'll be a lot of fun all right well alex do it again next week, all right? All right, sounds great. All right, thanks to all of you who have joined us uh, throughout the show today. We're going to be on every Saturday moving forward from 12 to 2 p.m. We will follow Utah Car Sense, Austin Horton, doing a great job on that show. Looking forward uh, to talking more about whatever happens in the week ahead. Plenty of Utah Jazz talk. Obviously, by this time next week, Alex, we will know what's happening with Utah Jazz, who their first-round matchup is. We actually might be the first show to actually preview it. We'll We'll see. We'll find out about that. But until then, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Saturday show right here on the Zone Sports Network.